0: Hey, folks. uh, This is Rob Potter here. This is the first time I'm doing a show live, so if anyone's out there and you're listening, feel free to call in at any time. Um, I don't know if they have a chat or something, but feel free to call in and answer some questions. So today um, I have a very unique uh, Victor the Light radio show. I'm going to be sharing some very exciting information, and you're going to have to be following uh, this. We may be able to get the information up um, later, but I've been very fortunate. Um, and I'm going to tell you what's happened um, that I'm going to be releasing to the world here something very unique at first time and this is absolutely real so I want you all to know that what I'm sharing what I'm going to be sharing with you today is a culmination of my times aspirations and work and desire um, to uh, know the truth and for those of you who know my information I have worked uh, closely with Dr. Fred Bell a contactee of the Pleiadians since I was 16 ships were coming into uh, the house in Laguna Beach and around the house they would follow me home at night and many of this these experiences were astral projections and um, a little bit later on in 1984 a gentleman named Gabriel Green invited me to his house in Yucca Valley, and he told me that the Ascended Master uh, uh, Hilarion has a message for me. I went up there, and there was a this gentleman there, and there were other people there too, uh, who were kind of around during this uh, uh, contact experience that, that happened later. But uh, there was a, a gentleman who was in the United States military, and he was working in an underground government base. He got in a car accident his head snapped kind of forward and he broke his mind control. He started to recover memories. He didn't go to work for two weeks and he went back. He went into an above ground office and, uh, everyone was working on the computer, working on typewriters. It was back in the eighties. And, um, probably late 70s maybe even and uh, this is when the gray situation wasn't even really clear we were we knew about the space brothers but we didn't really understand the grays this information kind of was understood a little bit later although he did explain to me during this encounter Gabriel Green is a very famous UFO contactee from the 50s and I'm going to follow up this show when I get all my technological information together Um, I've been traveling and I want to thank Don and Doug for being so kind to me here on the show. I'm just pretty much pretty weak in my uh, technological skills. So, if anyone wants to help out, help me figure things out, that'd be great. But it's um, a great honor uh, to be on the show and to address everyone to share this information. And there is some very uh, interesting information I will be sharing in the near future. So to go back to Yucca Valley in 1984, Gabriel Green had called me and um, uh, was on a pager. And he said, Master Olyrian wants you to come up. And I'm about 20, you know, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I was, about, uh, I was about 23 or 24. And uh, I said, okay, I'll be there. And when I hung up, the phone rang like a fire alarm. This is a, a pay phone and it was ringing so loud. The people inside the store in the parking lot across the street and across the street that way were like looking at me like, well, pick it up. So I picked it up and, and I heard a, um, uh, a sound of, um, of like a echo, a space sound. So it was a call from outer space, which some people have received in the past. I've heard them before. And, um, So there was this uh, space echo. And that was a message to me to tell me not to blow off this invitation, not to find a girl and go out to a clubbing, but to go up and visit Gabe. So I made a point and made it up there. And um, I'm sorry, um, I'm going to turn this off. I thought I did, but it's not turned off. So uh, there we go. So um, there was this. We were all, all the people were in the living room and we were uh, just talking. And then my friend, Michael Olegian, who was there said, oh, where's the teacher, Gabe? And G- Gabe said, oh, and I, I go, oh, yeah, that's In my moment, the guy came out, went from that one room into the next, then he waited and went to another room, went into the bathroom, and then back into the center room. And um, so I got up and went over and I said, I'm Rob, you came here to teach me something. And he goes, yeah. Um, He said, just a minute. And I go, what are you doing? And he says, I'm running the energies of the house. So um, he he went, then he came out and he went behind my friend and he moved his hands like this. And um, I said, "Uh, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing a healing. And I said, "Uh, do you see auras? And he looks at me and goes, yes, I do. (laughs) I go, oh, okay. What do you see in my aura? he says, "Uh, you're doing Okay. You move too fast and you think you know more than you really do, but you're doing all right. To make a long story short, he gave some readings for some other people. And then um, I was able to ask him a question about the spaceships because I'd had many out-of-body experiences with Fred Bell. Even though the ships were following me home with lights, I wasn't having direct physical face-to-face contact. I was observing ships and um uh, the astral projections are difficult to integrate for those of you who are having light experiences. It takes a long time to figure this out. But um, I was getting kind of frustrated with what was going on because I didn't really understand. So uh, the hierarchy of light or the contact group that's working with uh, different people and they can work with anyone I'm not special in any way just because I have these experiences and what I'm going to share with you later on today is a very unique and powerful experience in fact it's unprecedented and I'm very honored um, that I've been chosen for what I'm going to share with you later I'm take you back to that time and um, this gentleman uh, I asked him I said I said, you know, uh, you know, what's the deal with the ships? You know, you can sense them. goes, and then he looked to me and said, Rob, at Fred's house, you have felt the ships come into the building. And as he said that, there was a ship that came into the building. It settles in. It's a it's a higher frequency, and the energy is very sacred, very holy, very divine. And and, and was interesting um, because there were ten people sitting around, and when the ship came amen. Gabriel had experienced it many times. It was a very blissful feeling. It was like the Holy Spirit kind of thing coming in. And I remember I was looking at each person directly in the eye and how you can do that. I think it might've been an astral. I'm not really that experienced in in some of this stuff, but um, that was a profound experience that evening. Um, The next day he showed me up on the mountain um he said they put a v in the snow for you this is in 1982 or three folks and i said what's the v for he says that stands for the victory of light and i go, oh okay well what do you what, what, what what's your story and he said that he had gone into that uh office building in arkansas which was a joint government and gray abduction base uh back in the uh, uh, mid to late 70s and uh this um Um, office all of a sudden a a bell a tone rang bong bong and he said everyone stood up hypnotically under the mind control program which we didn't really understand until later but he said he just got up with everyone and everyone walked into the elevator and there was um, uh, a table full of Dixie cups and everyone was taking a drink we found out later through uh, Mike, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, Bill Cooper, William Cooper, who used to brief admirals on the extraterrestrial thing, that uh, this is called the Orion process. They have different mind control. One is called R H I C, Radio Hypnotic intercerebral Control. One was called Edom, Electronic Dissolution of Memory, and that the 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 drug that kind of helped you remember to forget uh, was called Orion. So he got in there and everyone got in the elevator and um, they had a biometrics that measured your weight and your eyes. And he ended up that he found out he was going to the lowest level with uh, the zeta rectiliums, these grays with the black eyes. And he was one of the uh, military officers. Um, he was kind of like a, uh, uh, to his knowledge, he was not uh, special forces, but he was that type of guy. He was a—he uh, told me he, he was uh orphaned he, career military guy. He was a loner, and uh, so he was perfect profile to go into this mind control program, which somehow they managed to do without him, uh, I guess, agreeing or knowing to it. But he would go on board these ships, and he kind of remembered some of this, he told me. But after he went for a week or two, he decided not to do that anymore. And he went to his his uh, superiors and said, I'm not going out and abducting women and, uh, you know, taking the, the fetuses out or nor are we going to abduct them. I'm not going to be part of them, inseminating them with a hybrid uh, DNA. And so. The government goes, you can you can uh, go to jail for 15 years. You can be fined, and there won't be a trial. You better rethink this. And he, they put him in a cell, and he said they played music. They had lights on. They were trying to break him. And um, he said, no, I, I'm not going to do it. And he said, we'll send you to Liveworth. He said, send me. <laughs> so he, sends, he goes to... Uh, 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 they put him in handcuffs and they take him up and he, he goes in a, a little higher level in the base and he thinks he's going to go to Leavenworth. But they take him into like a just a, a, a sub basement room and they said, look, the reality is, is we're not really sure what's going on there. The government's made a deal with these aliens, you know, years ago, and we don't really know what they're doing in abducting. We'd like you. Uh, we'll make you a full bird colonel. You can. Uh, you'll get a car, you get a house on the base, and you can report to us. And not, since you're not under mind control, you can tell us what's going on. And he said, No way, no freaking way, I'm doing that. So um they said, Okay, and they put him up in the above ground brig. And, and he said there were two guys in the administrative office, which is normally all they have in this brig. But because he was a high value asset there, They put an MP in full dress with all the stuff. One guy was sitting down by the door, and another guy was uh, uh, standing up outside his cell. So there was a a corridor that came down. Uh, There was a, a door with a lock, and then there was, and that's outside that door, was one MP. And then you'd have to go through a locked door into three cells. And he was the only one in the cell. And he said, um, all of a sudden, he noticed the guys behind in the desk office fell asleep. And then the two military guys, one military guy just fell down, his hat sitting in his chair, and his gun just kind of uh, fell down. The guy that was outside his jail cell, he said he looked over and it looked like, you know, one of those wrestlers, the Hulk, picked him up and pushed him against and gently slid him down. At that moment, he said the front door flew open, and it was, had been snowing. There was a couple inches of snow. And he said, and these are his exact words, folks, I'm not being sexist, but he said, uh, a hot blonde chick in a silver spacesuit and a, with a nice rack walked through the door. And I said, like, whoa. And he said she started walking towards the back door, and she kind of stepped over the guy that was at the door. She put her hand like that. And the, do- the door, or actually, it would have been like this. And um, um, and then she went like this. She pointed at him and said, "We like the way you think, and we're going to help you." And and she did that with his lock. She goes, "Follow me, come quickly." So um, he got up, he followed her, and by the time he stood up and was walking halfway out the door, she was turned around the door and goes, "Will you hurry up? Come quickly." So um, he gets to the door and by the time he's at the door, she's already at the corner of the building. And she turns around and says, we will meet again, follow the light. And so he he told me he was like freaking out because the security at a, a joint government alien base like Area 51 or or Bentwaters in England or these other bases where they had underground uh, activities going on, is very, very tight. And he's thinking, what do you mean I'll see you later? So he gets there, and her footprints had disappeared. And there was a little ball that led him out through security. A little golf ball-sized light was shining a a soft blue light. So when she said follow the light, that meant they were going to lead him out through the security And he escaped, and he had some other contacts. He wouldn't tell me too much about those, but um, uh, he learned. He became telepathic, and was very um, um, involved in working with the extraterrestrials. And I presume these were Pleiadians and or Venusians. Um, So uh, that's really awesome. Were you able to get that picture up there, Don? Uh Oh, anyway, a picture just jumped up. I don't know if you all saw it. But anyway, um, they were able to um, um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. The picture came up that I really wanted to share, but we haven't been able to do that. So the bottom line is that um, they told him. Uh, that he would be involved in various actions in cooperation with benevolent extraterrestrials that broke him out of jail because of his willingness to go to jail rather than to do negative things and um, he says I do two things Rob one I break up nefarious activities of the uh, we would call it the dark side of the cabal operations Involved in various uh, activities, some in the subtle mind control area, and the other thing he said he does is, he says I work with uh, people, and they think you're going to be important for the victory of the light in the future. And he had, was pointing up to the mountain, and they had put a V in the snow, uh, in Yucca Valley, and this is, uh, I don't know probably around Christmas time. There was some snow up there, not a lot, uh, but um, I got the binoculars and I looked at it, it was definitely, it looked like it had been lasered in the snow. So they had my attention with this guy. He was psychic and the energy was coming in the room. So the next, later, actually that was the next day, and then later that afternoon, he invited me, Gabriel Green, and Michael, legion to go for a demonstration. And then we went out into the desert and the stars were very, very clear and spaceship came down it was a bowl like depression and the spaceship came down and um, I had a telepathic communication when it landed I started crying because I'd seen so many lights but this was a real physical ship it it wasn't just me on my own or with Fred it was with other witnesses and this female voice in my head started talking so this was a kind of one of the more profound contacts of my life and um, I asked a few questions and uh, and then i said would, uh, I said, "Will you come out?" and sh- she started laughing and telepathically in my head, and I was kind of I started laughing with her, although I was kind of crying for uh, I would say um, a great relief and joy that I was finally having some type of contact because I've been having these for about five years at this time, mostly out of body with a, a lot of learning going on uh, in regards to extraterrestrials. And um, she said, no, you, I said, we, will, will you come out? And she said, no, you think you're the Messiah. And I said, okay, well, thank you. And um, then the military guy who was following the conversation, uh, looked at me and says, have you, do you, have you seen enough? And I said, yes. And I said, she's not coming out. It says, I know. So Pretty, I don't know, kind of strange, and I might have not done this on a a different occasion, but um, I just turned my back on the ship. It was still on the ground, but as I've said many times, I'm not really interested in the bigger car or the technology of a spaceship. I mean, it's fantastic. It's amazing, uh, but it's really just a bigger car. I've always been more interested in the spiritual message and the philosophy that comes from these extraterrestrials and understanding the reason that they're here and what's going on. So that was in 1983 or 84, I think. I think it was 84. And um, from that point forward, I never needed to see another spaceship to know that, you know, these these ships are made of living light and that they're piloted by intelligent beings. And I already knew that, really. But this was when you have that experience, you know and feel. So, you know, fast forward, I continued to learn metaphysically and had many experiences. And um, in um, the late 80s, um, I was beamed aboard a ship at night in Dr. Bell's living room. And um, around 11 o'clock at night, the next thing I remember, I was on the ground They had Literally teleported us back into his house, and he looked at me and patted me on the back and exclaimed, "You're the master now." And at that moment, I was remembering everything that happened, and that's why I call my website "The Promise." It was a promise I made uh, because they asked me. They said, "Will you work for the victory of light in the future, and will you do this and that?" And I remember saying yes, and I actually remember having a lot of information that. Um, was um shown to me and it was in I was in a big hangar with some sort of mothership or some you know I I don't really know where it was, but I do remember that we Fred and I were beamed down together and as I was as I was remembered that he said that and I remembered and it was like a Looney Tunes all the information, all I could remember was saying goodbye and that I was there, I said, I'm, I can't remember. He said, that's the veil. And the veil is the speed of light and has to do with the consciousness. Uh, we're living in a, an entropic universe of the material plane where things decay. So that's kind of my, my early history in the context. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I'm going forward into some amazing, incredible, fantastic information um, and I'm, that has happened to me recently. But I want to continue on with my contacts through uh, Gabriel Green, uh, uh meeting the Venusians, and also with uh, Dr. Frank Stranges, and having uh, uh, one, two, three, probably you know maybe five or six, seven encounters with probably twelve to fifteen beings. Some they traveled in groups quite often, and I would know that they're extraterrestrials. I would. Telepathically know it. They would telepathically let me know, but they would never admit that they were physical beings. I had two condition, two times it was close, and one time was with a Pleiadian named James, who um, was kind of working with the government and certain technologies at Area 51 stuff, and uh, he was there to see Fred, but I was speaking in uh, Canada for him. Now. This um, um, time in Canada, I was supposed to speak. I went on the radio show, and the government agent called in and tried to poo-poo me, and I gave the good good information about the technology and the extraterrestrials. And then um, uh, he says, oh, and the guy goes, he was like, it was a radio show, but he was telling the guy, because the guy was holding up a sign that said break, and he goes, and he was like, now you know it was too soon and the guy goes yeah he goes well we're going to go to break and then um the guy talked to him over the headphones and told him you have to get off the air you can't have this guy on the show <laughs> I mean I thought that was pretty weird and he goes I've never had that before uh he says we have to end end the show I says uh, we're going to do an hour but you know we only got these 15 minutes he goes but you can say where you're speaking so I um you know, we I said where I was speaking in the time and um, the next night when my sponsor who bought me there showed up, there were uh, 50 people, but the building um, was closed and there was one square block that had no electricity. It was like a square block, like a hotel and a couple of buildings. So they basically, they didn't want me there. So I'd come all this way from California to Edmonton, Canada. And um, they said, let's go to dinner. And there was this tall guy there. He was blonde, and I just I, I just picked up he was an extraterrestrial. I figured he was Pleiadian because he was quite tall, no hair, and his eyebrows were barely there. His skin looked like peach fuzz. And he was quite tall. His bones looked quite a little more elongated and quite almost feminine, um, uh, very skinny wrists and uh, his skin was quite white and I could actually look through the skin. I could see um, his blood, which in his white skin looked like blue blood. It looked like blue. And um, so I was answering questions and talking to people at this dinner. And at the end, you know, I said, Hey, why don't you come back to my place? Cause I wanted to, chat him up and see if I could get him to admit maybe get a, a conversation where I could actually ask. So we get in the room and the first thing he gets in the room, he goes, oh, this is a nice room. And he, he, he looks at me and I said, I said, um, I said, so James, so where are you from? And telepathically tell, letting him know, you know, I know who you are. And he, um, he went like, he kind of smirked, he went, He kind of went, um, and he walked over to the window. He pulled aside the window curtains and he looked up into the sky and he said, let's just say we're kindred spirits. So that was, uh, one of my first uh, acknowledgments. Another time I met valiant Thor and several members of the Venusian contingent at a rainbow gathering in Utah and then another rainbow gathering in a different location. And, um, uh, I knew who they were, so that was eight. And another time, so I had quite a few people. And then in two thousand seven uh, or two thousand six, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, at Doctor Frank Strange's, the gentleman who used to go on board Valiant Thor's Victor One ship. And for those of you who don't know, Valiant Thor is the gentleman that landed in Alexandria, Virginia, in nineteen fifty seven. To, or uh, I'm sorry, in uh, 1954, I believe, and, and talked to Ike um, and gave him the uh, information. Uh, Richard Nixon was president, and um, after three years, they eventually rejected his offer. But uh, Dr. Frank was able to go on board the ships quite frequently, and he was a member of what they call the Council of Twelve, which contains six extraterrestrials and six Earth people where they were working with spiritual aspects of the human community and asking questions and advice and how they thought people would react to certain things. They were sharing certain things with Dr. Frank in regard to the world's political situation and kind of esoteric information in regards to the battle and the higher dimensions that uh, was, is still raging at this point in time. Dr. Frank would share it with his, his most trusted followers and it was kind of a private, small little group because, you know, when you start revealing this information, people get kind of upset and they ridicule you. There wasn't Internet back then, so there wasn't that much trolling going on uh, in the social media sense. But, um, I mean, we had – there was Internet around, but it wasn't the social media. All that stuff wasn't really big back then. So – um he had this thing called the Order of Melchizedek, and so I had uh, joined up, and I kind of forgot that he told me I would be inducted into the Order of Melchizedek. And he had a meeting that went Friday, Friday afternoon and evening in Las Vegas, a dinner, and then it went Saturday and Sunday. And at this particular meeting, they were happened twice a year, and I had been to uh, you know several at this point, but. Um, I, um, He said, Rob Potter, stand up for the, you know, to become a member of the Order of Melchizedek. And not everyone in this meeting had become members. I was kind of embarrassed, and I stood up, and, and all of these people came over, and some guy popped up in the front of the room by Dr. Frank. And um, I didn't see him Friday night. I didn't see him Saturday. I didn't see him for the early morning session. Um, but he was there after the break, they put me up, and this guy came over and he put his hand on my head as I said the oath, and he looked into my eyes, it was quite deep and quite profound. And so this was a member of, of uh, Commander Thor's Victor One ship, and uh, he had uh, placed his hand on my head to in, induct me into the Order of Melchizedek. I'm going to be sharing some more information with you on this stuff if I have time as we go through this story. So, um, which we might not. So, um, the a year later, before Dr. Frank died, um, there's a famous picture of Valiant Thor and three other crew members, including Vice Commander Dawn, a blonde woman named Jill, and a girl like this named Tanya. Who's a communication specialist on uh, the Victor 1 ship? And they had appeared in uh, Highbridge, New Jersey, where Howard Menger was um, doing a talk. And I asked Howard, I took him to Egypt, and uh, I think it was in 1991. And I asked him at the time, I said, Did you know that that was found? He says, No, I kind of thought so because he was speaking different languages, including Zosha. Uh, a South African dialect. And I don't know if some of you may remember this, uh, uh, a thing called uh, um, something of the gods. <laughs> it's about a little Bantu pygmy type of guy, a little uh, Kalahari desert guy um, who found a Coke bottle and wanted to return it. But um, Thor was talking in a A famous Air Force photographer named Augie Roberts sent something special about him and took pictures of him and the crew. So these are some of the first modern-day pictures of extraterrestrials that uh, became verified later. He gave these pictures to Dr. Frank Stranges. Dr. Frank Stranges used to lecture and talk about it and he was lecturing in the Beltway of uh, Washington, D.C. And a woman came up to him when he was signing one of his books called Sacerama, and she said, "Dr. Frank Stranges." And she was a, a, a black woman. And said, "Dr. Frank Strange." He said, "Just a minute, just a minute." He said, "Dr. Frank Stranges, come here." So he went back and talked to. Him. She goes, "Would you like to meet the man that picture that you're showing the audience?" And he said, "Yes." He goes, "You used to be in the Secret Service and worked with the FBI. Can you still follow directions?" And he said, "Yes." He said, "You be outside your hotel room, and uh, outside your hotel." At like, you know, 6.45 in the morning. And he goes, uh, do you know the hotel? She goes, Yes, I know what hotel you're in. And uh the next morning he was there and she drove him and she said, I want you to get nervous, I want you to just follow me and do exactly as I do. And they've gone into this big line to go into the Pentagon, and as they walked into the Pentagon, they had to go through four securities. And so she got there and she just opened her thing and she was freaking out. Everyone's showing the badge. She goes, shut up and just do as I told you. You just copy me exactly. And what happened was he just kept opening his jacket and it got through all four levels of security. And this is because the Venusians have a technique where they can do trans imagery on someone's mind and make them think they see something. And this is when he met Valiant Thor in – Uh, I'm not sure I think it was the 60s but um, and Valiant Thor had a meeting and you can read that in the book um, Stranger at the Pentagon so um, Dr. Frank eventually came in much closer association so I'm telling you this because the woman on that famous picture this blonde woman her name is Jill she's quite tall and I saw her at the meeting the next year at the back of the room and I was looking at her and I was like, Oh my God, that's, you know, and I know from previous experience, you don't start shouting to everyone. That's the extraterrestrial. It's not cool. It's not even amongst Dr. Frank's inner circle there. It's not good to acknowledge that or make a scene. So I didn't. So it came to lunchtime where they were, they had sandwiches and stuff. And I went over to her and she goes, we were just chatting about stuff. She goes, well, What do you think about that financial reset? This is in 2006. I said, money's not going to solve the problems, but it's interesting. I'd like to think it could happen. And then I asked her a question. I said, have you ever seen a UFO? And she said, no, but I saw a spaceship in New Jersey once, letting me know. uh, First of all, they don't like the term UFO because they know that our governments and they know that they're intelligent intelligently controlled craft. So I had this conversation and I was looking at her at the break and my girlfriend was going, would you stop looking at that girl? She was jealous and I was just like, I couldn't explain it. So uh, these were so far a culmination of a series of events, of contacts that I've had that have uh, uh, been very uplifting and positive in my life. Um, I had, you know, some other like very cool spiritual experiences the Mahavatar Babaji from autobiography of a yogi appeared to me and taught me Kriya Yoga and Sai Baba performed some miracles and um, I won't go into that but so I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to have some very powerful spiritual experiences although I'm not the most elegant person in in some of these uh, experiences I had so now let's fast forward for those of you who are following my show a friend of mine met has been telling me some fantastic stories and if you want to go to my teachers you look at Raymond Keller you can read about him and all the things that I've been learning from him and radio shows he is a very very high spiritual conscious metaphysician he is an adept and he's had tremendous experiences and In 1978, he was at, um, or 76, he was at Gabriel Green's house. Now, remember I talked about the military guy that was in 84. Before that, he went out to Gabriel Green's house. He's a very famous researcher at that point, and uh, Gabriel introduced him to a woman. And that woman, uh, he was told, was Dolores Barrios, a woman who came from Uh, Brazil, but in reality, she was a Venusian, and her story is a long one. Raymond uh, went up with her to Venus in 2012 on December 20th to witness the ascension of the Queen of Venus named Lady Mazu. And at the end of that um, ceremony with 70 to 80,000 people, in the stadium, all eyes were focused next to Raymond as the Ascended Master, Almoria, also known as the accidental apostle who died on the, Christ, the cross with Christ. And Christ, Christ said, you'll be with me this day in paradise. He's known as Lord Dismas or Sandemus, things like that. So um, when she became queen, she said, would you like to stay here on Venus And he said, yeah, so he stayed there for two and a half months. Um, And he wrote his Venus Trilogy Rising series, um, which you'll be able to see on the archives of my uh, radio shows. So now I've been learning from Raymond for almost two years now. He's so kind, ladies and gentlemen. He came to my conference last year, like Omnek Omnek, like Dr. Frank Stranges, like my other friend from South America, who's a Venusian contactee. He's a very kind and gentle person, never becomes impatient, never speaks a harsh word, is always helpful, and very, very generous with his time and his uh, information. And he answers questions for me all the time, and I've grown tremendously in my understanding of the nature of the extraterrestrial contacts. I've been learning a tremendous amount, and I've, been wanting to share this information. Um, I um, My website's been down, I'm not a great blogger technology, but I have a lot of information and I speak well. I'm good at remembering information and I can tell stories and I've been wanting to share this information with people and um, so I started going back to some some of the early days, some of the extraterrestrials were offering through the contactees for people to write letters and ask questions. And so I was reading that, and I said, Raymond, can I write a question? Because why not? So I wrote. So I started to write some questions uh, to the Queen of Venus, and I received answers. Raymond uh, has these uh, questions, and he never knows when or where. Um, Sometimes he just places them on his desk and the next thing you know, they're gone. And then they return and they, they're answered. And some of these questions I gave uh, were actually given in vocal recordings by the queen of Venus, Lady Orta. Venus is a matriarchal society girl. So rock on. Um, and um, there's a lot of other things about the society, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to be revealing over time, but I'm starting off with some of the basic information. So amongst the things that happened up there, and if you've been following this radio show and uh, my information, um, he was able to um, uh, get to, he um, was able to live there uh, for two and a half months, and he was able to look at the Akashic Records, where his three books have a tremendous amount of information he saw firsthand. And at this point, I want to take a quick little break and let you know that I'm going to be appearing um, uh, on December 8th at um, the uh, New Earth Events with Dean Price in Sacramento. And then in um, February, I'm going to be appearing at the Conscious Life Expo in booth 204. And I'll be speaking at 8 o'clock With dr. Raymond Keller by my side Um, I um, also will be appearing at the global pyramid conference and I'm hoping with this new information that I'm sharing and I'm putting out there that uh, people will be able to um, uh, ask questions and and come up to speed so uh, I'm going to tell you something that's happened to me recently I've been doing a lot of prayer a lot of meditation and trying to figure out how I can get this information out I was at the Portal to Ascension conference in Irvine. I was trying to tell the Queen's message, and I was interrupted in my talk so that the group could say goodbye to Michael Tellinger. Meanwhile, I have information from the head of the Galactic Confederation and our radial arm of the galaxy. So I'm going to share with you some things. Venus is the highest manifestation of love in the physical plane. And as such, they are our neighbors and they are in control of this solar system on the physical plane. There are beings on the moons of Saturn and Jupiter, and there is life on all the planets and sometimes in other dimensions within the system. But on the physical plane, the Venusians are the highest manifestation of love. So um, they are the ones that guard this planet. And um, um, I was giving information and all this stuff. So recently, um, my time in South America with Louis, where those of you follow my blog and get my newsletter, um, we had ships showing up. We had took lots of pictures. We even have videos. We do them all the time down in South America where they show up and the lights are blinking off, on and off. Like he said, even even closer, um, and physically appearing in the daytime, and. Um, This is exciting for people. For for me, just seeing these lights, what does it mean? You have to think. What is this revelation? Well, when you're going with Louis in South America, it's about contact. And it's about the energies that they're placing upon your spiritual, uh, mental, and physical bodies. So this is an awakening experience. They activate your consciousness, your third eye, and you're in meditation, and you're doing mantras and group Uh, uh, teachings uh, at these various locations in South America and in various locations. So um, I've had a lot of experience with that. So um, this last time, you know, Louis was, I stayed at this hot springs that I love to go to. It's an external retreat of the Great White Brotherhood. And they've appeared there to many different groups. It's a very special place. And um, I was going to stay because I always like to stay after the tour is over. I don't go back to La Paz and come home. I spend a day or two at the hot springs meditating. And uh, Louis goes, he goes, goes, go out early in the morning. You have contact. They go, oh, sure. I said, that's a good idea. And he said, um, he said, why not? So um, I was praying very hard and, um, um, you know, really pondering and, to be honest, I was you know, having emotional things. I've been, I've been trying to get this information out, and I was not um, really being heard or respected that what I was saying and talking about the Venusians is such a high level of contact. And I don't mean this from an ego sense, but the, the level of gnosis and experience of most people um, – when I start telling these stories, a window shade comes over their head. And even the UFO people are, are finding hard to believe the revelations that I'm learning. And um, someone asked me a couple weeks ago, actually, they said, um, um, you know, w- w- when, when is the contact, when is the, the event going to happen? And the event is not contact the way people think. And it's not going to happen as Cobra thinks or other people think. But um, I, said, uh, I said to him, I said, I'm expecting contact any day now. And I didn't know that this was happened, but I can't talk about the, the development or how it happened or where it happened. But I can tell you that it did happen with the help of my friend Raymond. Because he does have physical contacts on occasion he never knows when or where he can't you know he can't reach out to them they just show up but um, like when I ask questions they monitor our phone calls and so they are using him as a conduit to me to share information I can share it with you folks and that's what I'm very excited to do in the very near future here and I'm going to tell you within the last week um, arrangements were made and the security was pretty um, involved and this is because the government has technology from some negative extraterrestrial alien intervention that allows them to track spaceships even when they're cloaked they know the magnetic pathways, pathways that they run around on the earth There's pathways going this way and that way and the spaceships when they're in the earth's atmosphere travel on those natural magnetic lines of force and um so if a spaceship lands and they can get to it in time they will go and try to find the alien like the men in black and they they will hunt you up and take you down they the, the they will capture close, and kill and torture uh before they will ask who you are now the venusians uh i don't know any venusians has ever been caught because they're uh spiritual technology and their Interdimensional physics is so far in advance, but the government knows what's going on. So recently, um, just like when Raymond released his two books, and if you go to my website, The Promise Revealed, under the, um, I think it's Truth References, I think it says two women from Venus visit uh, cosmic ray, or it might be in my blog. But there's an article about two women wearing red berets. And they visited Raymond when he released his second amazing book called Rockets to Venus um, and the third book called Cosmic Ray's Excellent Adventure. And so the queen had sent down the emissaries, including a security chief named Alan, to um, um, protect them. And they uh, met Raymond and um, uh, allowed their picture to be taken. And these women are not originally Venusians. They're earth people that have ascended in the form that we know as translation. So it's great if you live a good life and die and have a good spiritual thing. But the, the highest form of, of life is to achieve in the physical lifetime. And that's where you, you are invited by the hierarchy of light. And you can, what is called, translate. Your body becomes young again. Or you could die and resurrect immediately. Um, on Venus or you could they could come down and take your DNA and clone you and your memory and you wake up and you become a member of the Venusian family in a sense kind of a a dual citizen of Earth and Venus and uh, many of the Venusians are quite involved in serving on the Earth in the capacity of man in various uh, locations there sorry my laundry's going off there so um, we're getting uh, towards the end here, and I'm going to end this in a few minutes here with this uh, bombshell revelation. And I was hoping to share with you pictures, but because uh, I, I can't do that, uh, you can go to my um, my Facebook page. Uh, you can't join my personal page. I'm full, but you can join um, my public page, Robert Potter. And what happened to me uh, within the last week was I met, um, the queen had sent an angel force, as she called it, to meet me, and she told me I'd recognize them. And uh, I met uh, a woman named Commander Aura Rains and she is uh, the commander of the Venusian moon base on the backside of the moon called Clarion. And I was able to ask, eight questions of her and they allowed not only for me, to, and for me to take pictures with her but also to interview her during, uh, during this uh, uh, camera actually recorded. And I'm in the process of I'm going to be editing that and I'm going to be sharing this information. I'm first going to share a little bit in some of the answers partially uh, in written form. I am not going to share this, just dump it out there, because people are not paying attention to the reality of what's happening. And um, when I met them, they said, did you know that this is the 67th anniversary of George Adamski's contact? I was like, wow, that's pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> and uh, so they, I wrote these questions before them, and they were taken through a secure, a very advanced security uh, process and they got the questions clear and not say ah, uh, like I do often. So I uh, wanted it to be a smooth uh, transition, and she actually wrote her responses down. And um, as a commander of the moon base, Clarion, she is actually uh, a representative of the Venusian hierarchy of light. And the solar hierarchy of light. And so she's well qualified to answer the questions I asked. So I'll give you a little hint of, of what's coming, and maybe I can get my act together next week. But if you want to look on my website, you can see the pictures of me and her. She's very beautiful, and she had mentioned in one of these answers, um, uh, and the moon base is kind of a defensive base, and she's yeah, it was kind of business oriented. She was—they're very clear. They're only going to answer eight questions. I wasn't going to a- able to answer personal questions, but they were acknowledging to me that they were Venusians. The um, security chief was quite handsome. I really resonated with him. It's like the guy I could hang out with and talk. And um, he goes by the name of Alon, and he was born in 600 A.D. in Persia. Uh, under the reign of Darius the Great. He had one incarnation. He was uh, born into the order of the Magi and was a beekeeper, and he's been translated or lived on Venus for uh, 2,400 and something years. He says, look, at day over 30. I promise you that. And he's a member of what's called um, uh, the Shanaruna, which Shan means Earth, and I'm not sure what or Runa means but it's a something to do with the security and uh, she was very busy she had some other things to do and I'm not so sure she was so happy that the queen had asked her to appear to me and ask these answer these questions because um, uh, she does um, interact on the earth and didn't want her current cover blown now I have interesting information from the giant rock days Uh, she was photographed she was photographed with long john nebel and um, frank scully Um, and uh, i think she uh, was voted uh, queen of outer space or something or no uh, something she's the most beautiful girl at one of the years of the giant rock convention and i have black and white pictures of her now, when she appeared to me and when you see these photos, uh, she's wearing a wig and and kind of, uh, you know, it's not so easy, but we know she's a Venusian because she was wearing a red sash and a red bray. And I had given them some B pens because the other girls had these golden B pens. And I, uh, a girlfriend of mine from China gave me a bunch of these beautiful B pens and I passed them along to the Venusians and, uh, I gave them to the various uh, people uh, that I'd met in the past and the the security chief, they acknowledged that all of my telepathic understanding of who they were. So this is a new level of contact. And I don't want to let this get out of control with ego and I don't need trolls or people telling me that this or that. If you don't believe it, it's okay. I don't want to force anything. But as these answers come to you, and if you are
1: uh, coming to one of my my talks, depending on the situation and the energy in the room, I may reveal the full thing. And the reason I'm doing this is because I I'm, I'm not hiding it. I'm not charging for it. But I want to create a level of respect amongst you light workers. For those of you who want to know the truth, when you hear the answers to these questions, and they'll all be revealed in uh, at the Conscious Life Expo. You can come to my booth. And we'll see you next week, folks. We're getting near the end here so um okay oh really okay well, okay, uh my beloved uh uh radio station host friend uh, don uh has offered me to speak a little bit longer here. So this is some amazing information, folks. So I've been very concerned of how I'm going to release this. This could go on mainstream television uh, with Raymond and I, and I'm perfectly capable of answering these questions that people will have in regards to why they're here, the secrecy, and the questions that I asked her, there were eight questions, and I'll tell you a few of them here. And I knew the answers to most of these, but I wanted these to establish a relationship for people so she could explain. I asked, what is the Venusian mission to Earth, and why are you here in, uh, at, at this time, and um, uh, you know, what are you doing? And she, she said, well, we're, we're, one reason we're here is because you're advanced in technology. We're taking appropriate defensive measures because you have a, – a, artificial intelligence and and weapon delivery systems that are of great concern to us. So they have, uh, they have uh, bases within the earth. They have that Black Knight, that's Commander Valiant Thor's, it's the sanctuary ship, one of the largest mother ships only 100 miles above the Earth. They have about 48 to 50 ships in the physical plane stationed in various locations around the Earth, and each of those ships have two other ships that exist in the astral plane in the higher dimensions as security. And their technologies, they monitor thoughts of everyone around there, and they know people's things, and they're doing their monitoring. They monitor every nuclear bomb. They monitor the governments. They protect people who are trying to establish peace. um, And um, they mentor and provide support and spiritual information by telepathically communicating with light workers and sometimes remaining invisible and coming down and visiting us and being near us invisibly silent and for a closer inspirational communication. So these are the some of the ways that the Venusian Hierarchy of Light is able to work with us. So um, one of the, that was one of the questions I asked and she a- answered that. Um, I asked another question. I said, I said, look, a lot of people ask me questions, you know, um, you know, uh, like, you know, what, what, what's your history here? And and she said, look, we've been here since before man ever came here. And, um, you know, um, and also in our history, we've been involved in helping mankind for the struggle of uh, truth and justice. Uh, and she said she personally, and this dates her to at least 300 years old, uh, had worked in the uh, uh, French Revolution. Um, and she um, um, said uh, uh, equality, liberty, fraternity, and um, I forget, <laughs> I wasn't in the French Revolution, but uh, they were influencing the various uh, American leaders. Uh, Thomas Paine, John Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and some of the other members of the uh, the Freemason group. Now, these originally were positive spiritual groups. The Dark Force took them over and infiltrated them uh, and used uh, the power of the positive energy that was attracting people and turned it into what it is today, another secret society that at the highest level, is plotting against the universal laws of the Creator and violating uh, certain uh, uh, directives of uh, of the space people. And they're very concerned. However, because there are battles going on with the other extraterrestrials from other dimensions, they cannot root them out because it would cause a battle of epic proportions and, and uh, destroy life on here. So it has to be a slow step-by-step Um, removal of these forces now they're not always into physically removing them but the vibrations of the planet will shift what's taking place is the meek will inherit the earth these beings that are consciously aligned and doing evil and I asked her about evil and she gave some answers there um, and some other things so this is a very profound thing I tell you I was extremely giddy I was very grateful and um, in reflection, after going over her questions, she quoted Corinthians and some of the information of uh, uh, Saul. I asked about Jesus Christ's mission. And there's some amazing things here. And I'm available for talking in Raymond if you people want to hear the spiritual message. I mean, everyone has their experiences. I talked, about, I talked to them about... Um, you know, I was asking questions about Cory Good, and they confirmed he's had some experiences, um, uh, you know, just like Cobra, but you have to use extreme discernment. Uh, you know, sometimes our personal things, our relationships are a little different, but um, we're all learning, we're all growing, we're all human, we all make mistakes. And just because someone makes a mistake in their personal life or they get egoed out or something doesn't mean the information. That they have isn't true or that they haven't had contact so we can't put people up on pedestals the only thing you put on the pedestal is your own mighty i am god presence so um, i'm putting this out there now and i'm going to try and share this information and uh, don has very kindly told me if we can get some of this information down you may have seen during this interview uh, some of the the pictures of them. I can't even share a screen (laughs) right now for some reason. So, um, I think maybe we'll save it for the next shows for those of you want to come back and I will be sharing snippets of her answers. I'm not going to play the the visual recording. Eventually I'll play the recording. And as, um, more people become aware of this, I, I, I'm more interested in light workers. I'm not interested in trolls who want to deny and say I'm lying or, or making this up or paid someone to dress up and, and you, know, you know, she wears makeup. She's wearing the red beret and the B pins I gave her. But it was a very sacred, special moment for me. She's tremendously beautiful. And her eyes, she was reading her thing, but when I looked into her eyes, she has kind of this green i don't know I have to say green blue and very um hypnotic, and I could tell <laughs> i'm not sure I, I have I have to ask um my friend, but a little bit later, but um I got the feeling that she wasn't really um, uh, interested or, or really down with me um, talking and, and kind of out. Having to show her physical presence, and they have types of technologies that that can take care of that, and there's there's never really concern for themselves. But if any government thing, it would be other people around there. They they could they'll blink out like that. But any of the people they're contacting or anything, and they often contact people in science, in uh, military, in communication, in politics. and, and normal laymen, and many times they don't even know that who they are, but they're talking to them physically. Other times, if you gain their trust and show a level of virtue and restraint, and uh, have equanimity and an adherence to the universal laws of peace, nonviolence, um, you can achieve a higher level of contact. I mean. I always thought maybe I'd have a contact in Mount Shasta or a mountain and maybe I'd have a spaceship, but this was like a organized, we're going to get, let you have interview us. And, and this was, uh, I'm very honored that they have chosen me to do this and I hope I'm worthy of this and I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, it's, when I'm criticized, I do defend myself a little bit, but, um, I'm anywhere I release it and I'm not going to give it to other people. I'm not going to show it to anyone, but, uh, eventually it'll come out because I want it to be respected. I want people to know the truth and, uh, you know, um, a friend of mine posted the picture and, you know, there was like, uh, you know, some guy said, uh, does a girl need an orgasm and, you know, a lot of disrespect the first two comments were just trash. So people who are not ready for this are not ready and eventually you will be, and, and one day you'll maybe understand. But uh, for those of you lightworkers who want clarity and want understanding, um, we we now have a certain level of contact. I mean, I don't know anyone else who's interviewed an extraterrestrial. We did see the picture of the grays, Laceretta who uh, was communicating, and those are the bad guys. They're the liars. Now, the Venetians, uh, and those of you who want to call them Satan, <laughs> the devil, or the antichrist, uh, think again. But you're welcome to your opinion. But it's basically your knee-jerk reaction in following your religious leaders who are pretty much clueless as to the true nature of Christ. It doesn't mean that the church isn't well-intended and filled with beautiful souls, and as she had mentioned to me, our religions are pretty much positive and in the right direction, but we have much more research and learning to do to interpret these scriptures and to put them into perspective. And in the future, the Venusians are going to be very involved in revelations to Earth that will be coming out. The records are in the Earth, uh, inside the Earth, and the history is going to be uh, shared over time. And I'll tell you one of the things she said, you can't land because we wouldn't be able to handle the technology. We don't have a spiritual attunement if we had free energy or power. So we must wallow in these lies that are foisted upon us. And she says, you need to liberate yourselves. You need to step away from these false teachings of your military, of your politicians, of your oligarchs, of your elite mafias, and, yes, of your religious leaders who... Hit each other. I mean, they will, they want to kill you because you don't have, you call God by a different name. This ignorance was fomented in Atlantis and Lemuria and caused destruction. And um, she said, we must prevail. And so that's the message. Uh, I thank you, Don. Uh, we'll do it next week. And I hope I can have my technology together. I'm hoping to write uh, uh, a series of Of uh, explanations a little bit I can't you know it's not information I can't share it's about security and um, and uh, I don't know if there's any government guys I have no idea it was happening it just happened Uh, I wasn't prepared I was told to do certain things and then it just happened so you can follow me around and trust me you can follow me around and you'll, you'll you'll never see them they know you're there so, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to, to know and share, and I want to thank you all uh, for listening. Check out my website, The Promise Revealed. It's sort of getting together. I'm lowering my products, and I want to do a lot more speaking, and I want to share the information. There's exercises and uh, certain techniques and technologies and, and as far as understanding our, our light body and as far as uh, developing our consciousness. Um, that uh, my friend Grayman and I will be sharing. And he is my teacher. He's my guide. And he's my dear friend. And um, if not for him, I would not be prepared for the level of contact I've had. And I would like to thank the Venusian Hierarchy of Light, Commander Valiant Thor, the Queen of Venus, Lady Orta, along the Security Chief, and, of course, Commander Ora Reigns. From the venusian moon base clarion who was so kind to share this these answers for us and to bring it to a next level of, of extraterrestrial contact because we have to go away from the this disclosure narrative and the government military slow rollout we have to get to the essence of the spiritual uh truth of who we are mighty i am presence and the teachings of the ascended masters and the evolution of our souls um, I'll have a lot more information um, on the nature of the confederations the various groups and their interactions and things that might help
0: new light workers understand um, what we can do so thank you very much Victory to the Light uh, once again you can see me at the Conscious Life Expo you can see me at New Earth events with Dean Price <clears throat> on December 8th in, in uh, Sacramento you can see me February 21st to 23rd at Lorian at Fenton's UFO Con in San Francisco. And I'm working on some other events there in the future. And I will be sharing various aspects of this information. I'll share pictures and answer questions uh, that you may have. Um, and uh, I'll tell you a couple other things before we go here. They did say they are preparing for uh, Earth colonies on the moon. And on Mars, although our our movement will be restricted, we will not be able to go to the back side of the moon to their base. But they're expecting that. And also they're preparing us as we're moving to the fourth dimension. The fifth dimension is an eventuality, folks, but there's no mass ascension. Make I want to make it clear there may be some mass evacuations of certain beings taken up in spaceships and be bought back down after. The veil is lifted and they're healed. But uh, individual ascension happens all the time. As you can see on my website, these women and the men have already ascended. They have translated. That's a form of ascension. They are not immortal beings like ascended masters, but they have very long lifespans. And generally, they're in service to the earth because we're the ones with the most healing. So... Uh, I, I send my peace and love to you all, and greetings from Commander Valiant Four, the Queen, and the entire Venusian collective. They have one mind in their love and their um, uh, desire to help us in our struggle for truth and justice through our own right thinking, and uh, and uh, by pra- for, uh, by us practicing the virtues and the message and teachings of the Universal. Uh, Sovereign Son Jesus Christ So thank you very much God bless you And we'll see you next week